Hello and welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori. It is a Brother, Brother podcast. Christian is uh, on a, a planet somewhere. Um, we're uh, hoping to relocate him at some point. But, um, you know, this is uh, something we tried to do quarterly the what are you listening to episode a, a you know sort of a review of the of the new albums that have come out and the new music that's come out in the past quarter uh as usual we are bad with timing and counting so <laughs> it is may uh we're probably well into quarter q2 but uh, let's just look back on on what's gone on so far in 2022 um i think the first couple of things we're going to look at are uh, a few albums by acts that we are very fond of talking about. Uh, Arcade Fire, band that won our album, best album of the millennium so far. Uh, Sharon Van Etten and Spiritualized are the three albums that I think we're going to take a, a look at. And then uh, we'll touch on some others that we've been enjoying. But, Jared, what have you... Uh, I, I know it came out today, but you've already given the Sharon Van Etten... Uh, record a couple of spins. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love it. It's um, it's kind of uh, interesting blend of um, I think just really what she does well. You know, you've got um, you've got touches of the last album which had uh, a little more sonic production, a little more kind of mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess larger sound you would call it. You know, whatever you want to call it there. But it also has um, you know, some some flourishes of, of one of my favorite records which was her second album um are we there and so um the new album is called we've been going about this is that correct yeah yeah we've, we've been, been going about this all wrong, wrong. sorry yeah that's which it. i think great album title really good album title and um you know i think you mentioned it there's a um kind of sul- sultry deep um 70s kind of vocal that she delivers on that um is really um Gosh, I guess I don't know how to describe it, but it, it kind of draws you in. And I think she's somebody too. I think it's a warmth. Yeah, there is a warmth there, and yeah, it sort of wraps wraps around you. And then I think too, she's somebody who um, you almost starts off kind of slow, and then paces. The spacing in her music um, is just really well done. I always feel like there's a build, but it's not a slap you in the face build. It, it's kind of a slow burn um, in all the right ways. So I. Uh, I took my, uh, my my canine friend Steve out for a walk today and, and uh, went a little longer than normal just listening to the album all the way through, which is uh, always a great sign of a good album when you pop it on for the first time and, and don't want to stop listening to it. Yeah, I drive Christian crazy because, you know, from with my penchant for 70s AM radio. But, you know, there's there's a certain touch point, and, and I, it, the funny thing is that I... You know, it always winds up. I always wind up comparing anybody whose voice I find warm and deep, and uh, any woman whose you know voice I find sort of warm and deep and and you know comforting. Uh, I usually make the comparison to Amy Mann, who you know I've always made the comparison um, in terms of of tone and and texture of a voice to you know go back to Rita Coolidge, um, who was a um, now somewhat uh, ignored. Uh, 70s artist, but she was enormously popular in her day. Uh, but it's got that kind of, you know, it's it's a it's a very um, sort of it's a it's a voice. It's not a histrionic voice. It's not a you know vocal Olympics Mariah Carey 
Christina Aguilera voice. It's it's a it's a very temperate storytelling kind of a voice, and that's where the Amy Mann comparison comes in. But uh, Sharon Van Etten, um, you know, I think we'd be remiss if we just talked about her singing because the arrangements on this record are phenomenal. And I think, you know, I think you're right. I think there are, you know, it's a slow build, but every song has a kind of, I mean, I, you know, I hate to talk about production because I'm relatively ignorant on that front, but it, it does have this a noticeable, um, you know, arrangement arrangement and production style that is, is uh, you know, incredibly enveloping. And, and it's, you know, it's an album that surrounds you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it's something that she does really well and she's done in the past. And I, but I think that it's, um, yeah, it's just always fun. And, and we were talking about like Wilco's Summer Teeth, I think on our last episode and how it was a band sort of progressing into something that they've beat, you know, mm-hmm. and have kind of gotten very comfortable with now being, um, you know, uh, confident in their sound. And, and I think same thing with Sharon Van Etten. I think she's somebody who, you know, the first time we saw her was probably, you know, Pitchfork, and she was, you know, with an acoustic guitar, kind of the first person on the bill, and, um, you know, he barely hear her above the, you know, uh, beer tent noise or whatever, but, you know, and I think has now kind of grown into a, a very confident, um, very good artist, and, and, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, she's probably, I think, at least has a triple of really great back-to-back albums, and, and you could even yeah. go a little further than that, so... Um, you know, I love it. I think it's a great record. And um, speaking of vocal fentanyl, um, should we talk about spiritualizing <laughs> the one? Yeah, I was going to say, all three of these albums that we're sort of featuring today, um, you know, certainly have just the, the it, they're grand records. Um, you know, but yeah, I think your spiritual or your uh, vocal fentanyl is a great description of spiritualized new album, Everything Was Beautiful, uh, which is, I guess the companion piece to their last album, which is And Nothing Hurt, which are two halves of a uh, Kurt Vonnegut quote. Um, but the new album, I you know, the lead single, uh, Always Together With You, is just this, it's kind of like somebody took, it, it's whatever the... Remix whatever of the Spaceman's catalog or something. <laughs> if, if there was such a thing as an overture at the end of a career as opposed to the beginning that, that sort of gives you bits and pieces of everything they've done. Um, yeah, this is sort of a synopsis of, of every piece of music, and it's very self-referential. I mean, there's sounds in there from Ladies and Gentlemen, there's sounds in there from every record subsequent to Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space, and, um, you know, it has that sort of trademark space, Jay Spaceman um, uh, vocal um, trick where he, he's sort of singing you know, layering two songs over each other as if they're, they're almost talking to each other, um, you know, weaving in and out of one song, um, you know, another, another vocal part that, that's pulled from another. Um, but yeah, just really dense, as always, very dense production, but there's something almost celebratory, almost sort of like a, I don't know, the, I, I mean this in the, in the, most flattering way but this is almost like a retirement speech where you know somebody gets up and and talks about you know how great your career has been this is this hall of fame induction speech uh it's one song that pretty much includes every song he's ever done yeah i think um <laughs> that's a great way to put it. it it is it's like a uh like a collage of of a great um career and great artist and i think 
you know, we talk about some bands that tend to suffer from uh, being so good and consistent and just not getting enough um, sort of credit for doing one thing really well. Yeah, we talk about Spoon, Spoon or Parquet Courts. Yeah, or... exactly. And even Wilco to some degree and, and people like that. But I, I think Spiritualize is one of those bands. I think consistently, even from Spaceman 3 Days, you know, they he's been doing this sound um, and it's really good and it, and he does it better than anybody you know and it's uh yeah and you know I think there's some albums that may like you know I wouldn't say drag a little but there's albums that I like better than others for sure um, but for the most part I I'm, I don't think I'm yet to be disappointed by a spiritualized album and um, I could take this single alone I mean it's kind of like when ladies and gentlemen um, you know came out you're sort of like oh wow like that I think. J Space Men and Spiritualize in general, they always have one single that just really blows your socks off. Um, and I don't mean yeah. literally with force, although they do build and, and get pretty strong by the end of all these songs. But then you keep going on the album, and it's, it's very similar to other Spiritualized albums where you have kind of a couple slower tracks, you have a little bit of Velvet Underground going on, you have a little bit of, you know, certainly, a, you know, spacey shoegaze noise, and, and even like a little bit of free jazz sometimes, stuff like that. But, um, Free jazz. Um, sorry, that just sounded mm-hmm. weird coming out of my mouth. But like, um, <laughs> yeah, you can go. You can brush your teeth after that. <laughs> yeah. But it, um, but it's all great, you know. And I, I saw this album get, you know, got pretty strong critical reviews. You know, nothing um, out of the ordinary for them. But it, you know, it, it's one of those bands that just yeah consistently keeps going. And and I think this one does feel a little bit like, you know. I don't know if it's retired, certainly not a retirement speech by any means, but, um, but in terms of a guy who, again, is, is just like Sharon Van Etten, except for been around doing it a little longer, uh, very comfortable with what he does. And, uh, yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been listening to him since the eighties, since I yeah. was, a, you know, um, I think I bought my first Spaceman three record, you know, my freshman year of college in, uh, 88 or so. Um, but it, it, you know, and it goes back to the Sharon Van Etten thing. I always used to say that the only people who could age gracefully in music were country singers because right. they actually get cooler when they get older. Yeah. But um, I'm starting to re- rethink that. I mean, people like Spiritualize and Sharon Van Etten are perfectly capable of getting old doing this thing that they do because they're not, again, they're not, you know, they're not going to lose their voice. They don't really, you know, that's not the no. dynamic that they, you know, that they have. So it's, you know, it's really arrangements and, and, you know, tinkering with sonics and things and, and spiritualize, you know, bring it on. If you do it for another 30 years, I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll, I'll um, take 10 more of these. They're great. And it, uh, you know, the band, true spiritualized fashion, um, you know, you've got the, the spiritualized the pill case theme as usual. So I'm down. Yeah. I'll take two. Yeah. Always. This is, uh, the ultimate. I mean, if you think Martin Scurry is the pharma bro, then uh, <laughs> Jay Spaceman is the pharma bro. Um, but uh, the the last one I want to talk about is the new Arcade Fire record, We, uh, which I was actually approaching with some trepidation. I was like, oh god, you know. Yeah, I think I for a lot after of the last two albums, yeah. I just was like, oh well, you know, I'll never enjoy them as much as I did once, and that's not well. A terrible thing. I, they were. I, they came out of the gate with one of the best records, you know, of the last thirty years. So it's hard to, uh, you know, it's hard to measure up when you start that colossally. Um, but you know, we were just talking about them before. Their live act is not to be you know, so dramatic and so dynamic and and energetic 
that you know you you still want to go see them live even if they're playing stuff that you don't go home and listen to on record but i was really surprised i i think this album uh if i may uh draw the comparison is there uh, all you all that you can't leave behind i mean that's they're exactly the same age as u2 was when that album came out um they're 20 years into their career they're you wow, know which yeah. it's hard to imagine u2 was 20 years into their career when all that you can't leave behind came out but it, they were um and uh you know, they, they went through their Euro disco phase and their, you know, massive multimedia tours and, and everything else. But then U2 came back and wrote an album of like really good U2 songs. Yeah. And I feel like that's what Arcade Fire's done here. Come back and written an album of really good Arcade Fire songs. I mean... Yeah, uh, I, I think both acts too can sometimes border on lyrically being a little tough um, and a little literal but Ooh, earnest, think, yeah, yeah, earnest. But I think they a both, lot earnest, actually. yeah. But they both pull it off in a way because it's so sincere. And and I think to your point, um, we were kind of chatting before about um, you know we've seen them multiple times and and multiple um, you know parts of their career. But uh, you know, just kind of checking out a YouTube video um, of a recent show in in twenty two twenty twenty two, and I, it was just brought back chills. You know, to you know my kind of up my spine to see them on the third song you know playing an old you know old fave lies as if it was like the last time they ever could play it so they had to put every fucking ounce of everything into it and i'm talking the third song i mean yeah <laughs> the 15th no, song yeah. you're gonna be like exhausted but that's great and um it's kind of like too, a you know basketball player diving into the stands during an exhibition game right. you know it's like <laughs> yeah. you know it's like dude you, you can you know, it's just it's just a game. Totally. Um, and I think um, this album, surprisingly, like it is. It's and I think it's funny. I think Arcade Fire, like Radiohead, and like um, a, a couple other bands that have been long standing, like that, they have people that have kind of joined the party at different times. So I think like there's a big contingent of probably younger than us folks who really love Reflector, and and that's the album that kind of got them into them. You know, and then there's mm-hmm. a, a bunch of people like us who obviously Funeral was just a epic. You know, like whoa, where the hell did this come from? Or people that love, you know, Suburbs was the album that that actually got them probably the most famous at one point. So it's interesting to kind of watch their career. And and I think U2 is such a great comparison because we we said that from the beginning, right? I mean, we heard Funeral and we're like, oh my God, this band is like, you know, just reaching. I heard heard Boy and that's what I heard, you know what I mean? In 1980. um, I was like, you know, I, I remember being in a record store and you know you'd always sort of run through um you know the the interview you were going to give when you were a famous rock star <laughs> and I, I remember thinking well you know my favorite guitar player is the guy from U2 yeah and I didn't even know his name yet um but uh I, you know I just that that sounded so good because it melded that sort of punk energy with you know the arena rock that was you know, you were comfortable with, and that's what Arcade Fire did too. Arcade Fire also, you know, skates obscenely close to you know, like the over earnest embar- to the point of embarrassment. But the fact is that they're, you know, they believe it, and so you yeah. believe it. You know, it's I was a, saying it's earlier a, too. It's it's kind of like the E Street Band shows that you know. I don't. I'm not a huge fan i like bruce fine but like but there's sort of the cult of those performances and you know i've always think weirdly that the east street band has a bit of a broadway sound to me like a show tune Mm -hmm. sound and when you you know i mean 
gosh, it, like it's the same orchestra. Yeah, you look at those guys, and it could be like the you know traveling theater troupe from Station Eleven, you know, or something. It's they like, are. They, they're they're an act. You know what I mean? It's a show, and it's yeah. pretty great. No, that's a great comparison. They are kind of the traveling uh, Station Eleven theater troupe, but you know, and and. But they, uh, you know, like I said, they, they're all in. It's yeah. not like, you know, nobody's rolling their eyes. It's like you have to believe in this if you're going to go perform it, and they do. And it's always, you know, I mean, it feels gimmicky almost at this point, you know, the amount that they switch instruments. And, but they're so um, good at you know, it. <laughs> it's like... they, they are good at it. Now they, you know, um, I've seen other bands do funny. that. It takes like 10 minutes, and these guys, like, are, it's like seamless. It's so weird. Like, I think yeah, I told this story a couple years ago. Tuba I think I next. told the story, yeah, the story a couple years ago. But I, I was going. I, you were going too. We were all going to see uh, Arcade Fire at, at uh, whatever Harbor Lights is called now in Boston. It's an outdoor, you know, theater and on the water. And um, a friend of mine who's a total metalhead, um, he just said to me, like, he texted me. He's like, "What's the name of the band you're going to see again?" And I said, "Arcade Fire." And he goes, "I just played a pickup basketball game with the guy Win." No, no Is he in that band? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, the dude's got skills. He's like, he's like uh, you know, he's a big guy and he's a commanding presence, you know. it's. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't have the, the rock star swagger that, that Bono has, but the whole band is the rock star in this case. Yeah, it's, it's not an entity. A front and I think, man. you know, minus the, uh, his brother Will leaving the band, which um, seemed. Addition very, by yeah, subtraction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also seemed very friendly. It wasn't like a. A breakup. I, I think just want to do different things, but um, you know, I always think of Arcade Fire as a band. You know, they they present themselves as a band, much like you two did. Even though it's a unit. Was, yeah, even though in you two there was two, you know, Edge and Bono certainly commanded a lot of attention, but they never never didn't function as a unit. You know, and I think it's really yeah. But the Edge is the Edge is wearing a hat and looking down all the time. You know right. what I mean? He's yeah. not. He's not a. I mean, everybody in this band is shouting at the rafters. It's oh, know, definitely. Yeah. It's a troop. Yeah. Um. So, so just you know, to run down a little bit, they you know they've done something kind of, uh, I don't know, interesting slash pretentious or you know whatever. But every song on the album, there's two, two songs for every title on the album. Right. If that makes sense. There's two songs called "Age of Anxiety." Two songs called, uh, you know, "The Lightning." Um, so like it's part you know, one, it, part two. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of when the funeral, you know, came, and this is their, this is their, you know, sort of uh, like we said, was spiritualized a bit of a self homage almost, but it really is what they do best. Um, and, and I think they, they felt say, it. I, I mean, I think the sense that I've gotten reading a little bit about it is is that you know they went not back to the, well, I think a lot like you too, you know, like you two talked about getting. I always thought it was one of the things that made me actually really like you two a lot was they just were like, you know, we just got kind of ridiculous, you know? Yeah, they did. And, and, um, and I, I love that just... part in that documentary a number of years ago. Yeah. Little scene documentary, by the way. I, I never knew why it didn't uh, yeah, um, for an album, that get more bit. play. Yeah. But he, he's like, you know, it's Bono saying, you know, we basically went to the United States and tried to tell Americans about the blues. Right. And, you know, understanding like what a douchey move that is but that's where their head was at the time you know they discovered it so it must be new to everybody and i think um you know that that you know led to a period of self-reflection reinvention then experimentalism you know um experimentation uh which then led them back to them being what they do best which is again uh you know anthem's gonna anthem 
yeah, so. very similar trajectory for Arcade Fire. So yeah, three uh, three pretty damn good albums. You want to listen to something and, and come back and talk about some more? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's listen to um, let's listen to Always Together with You by Spiritualist. I can always listen to that. Sounds good. floating in space so we'll find him one day but uh we're talking about our quarterly kind of review of what we like what we've been listening to and uh we just talked about spiritualized arcade fire and sharon van etten and uh let's um let's talk about a couple more wins so uh where do you want to start well actually it's a good segue the uh sharon van etten being the the last person you mentioned because uh, i saw a band a couple weeks ago that i've that we've liked you know for several years and several releases it's uh, hooray for the riffraff which is yeah. uh Linda Segarra's band out of New Orleans I uh, was very impressed with the live show very depressed by the turnout but um uh, life on earth by hooray for the riffraff the reason I, I uh, sort of tied it back to the Sharon Van Etten thing is because it this I think hooray for the riffraff is on their seventh release and Sharon Van Etten's on her sixth but it it seems to me that hooray for the riffraff with life on earth is exactly where Sharon Van Etten was on her previous release. Um, like, their Pierced Arrows by Hooray for the Riff Raff almost sounds like um, yeah. Comeback Kid or, or Seventeen. Um, you know, it, it's, I think, Hooray for the Riff Raff's first real attempt at, at um, you know, something more ambitious. Um, I've always liked uh, their music, but I think this is you know, bigger production, again, you know, sort of moving up um, in the in the world to bigger um, venues, bigger, you know, 
more listeners, and it's a uh, it's a really polished record with a uh, you know a strong message and great songwriting. It's um you know it's a very political record. Um, there's uh, you know a very bluntly political record. Frankly, there's a song about the ICE. Um, you know that where you know that ICE is in the actual chorus. Um, it's uh, but I do think it's a it's a giant step forward, which is, I, you know, where I think Sharon Van Etten was on her last record. I think that was the giant step forward, and then this is the culmination. And I, you know, I hope the same uh, is true of Hooray for the Riff Ruff. If it is not, Life on Earth is a damn good record, so I, am, uh, I won't be upset. But, um, again, songs like Wolves, Pierced Arrows, which was the single, uh, just really excellent songwriting great voice uh and great live band too uh, I was yeah impressed. she's got kind of a crack I, I didn't get to that show but um that's kind of a crack unit in new orleans like uh austin and nashville is sort of a refugee uh, city for really good musicians and uh yeah and arty people and um i too very much lo- like this record it's one that you know i've floated to a couple other people just saying like check this out and anyone who listens to it loves it and i i hope that she gets a little more fanfare I, I don't know I'm sure she has a pretty loyal following and it was a tough night I think there was a couple acts playing in Boston that night um, including Big Thief which is just kind of growing yeah. and growing I think audience. that cannibalized the audience yeah we're not a the biggest bit. city here but um, but in general like it's a really great record and I agree and uh, so um, please if you haven't listened to it go out and, and check it out and her other stuff's great too she's always had kind of a bit of like a female Lou Reed delivery to me or like a, you know just a kind of downtown cool about her um, lyrics there's a lot of characters a lot of storytelling well she's a, she's a native New Yorker yeah. uh, she's from the Bronx she's Puerto Rican and uh, you know Took you know took herself to New Orleans uh, as did uh, Arcade Fire. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're uh, they're in current residents of New Orleans as well. So I didn't know they were. Um, I, I knew they were playing there. That's so weird. I, I don't know why I didn't catch that. Yep, that's where they, that's where they relocated. I guess the uh, winters in Montreal just got a little too much. Um, so the here's here's the uh, the segue that I was really looking to do, which is um, not the second album. That I wanted, or the fifth album that I wanted to uh, bring up is the new Pusha T record. It's almost dry. Um, phenomenal new record by Pusha, and you know uh, it's you know the the it's produced um, sort of independently right? by Kanye West and Pharrell. Okay. Each one does yep. about half the tracks, and they're very you know they're very distinct and um, there's just some great stuff on here. But it's you know the obviously the you know galvanizing force is Pusha. Uh, what I was going to say is much like spiritualized, uh, this man is still you know 30, 40 years and thirty years into a career, um, still singing about drugs and yeah, uh, still, about still talking about drugs. So yeah, um, it's amazing that a guy who has you know sort of one story to tell can tell it so many different ways that you don't give a shit that he only tells one story. And, um, you know, like I said, the, the Sonics on it are unbelievable. Um, they, there's a, you know, I, I don't even think it's the lead single. I think the single is, uh, the Jay-Z collaboration, um, uh, neck and wrist, but the, um, let the, let the smokers shine the coops is a, a great song in which he refers to himself as Cocaine's Dr. Seuss while uh, <laughs> rapping over a sample of Donny Hathaway's cover of Jealous Guy. Nice. So, 
Uh, if that doesn't bring you in, I don't. Then you're dead. Then you're, <laughs> yeah, you're pointless and useless. You don't have a, you don't have a pulse. But yeah, it, it is kind of you know again uh, push a T like spiritualized. It's more of the same, uh, and it's benzos versus cocaine. And um, he's just uh, you know I was late to the party on clips, and uh, then you know there was. Long periods of, of absenteeism in the Pusha catalog when he and his brother stopped performing his clips and then he you know, started his solo career. But now, you know, in his 40s, he seems to be getting more and more prolific. I mean, Daytona was one of our favorite records a few years ago. And When You Know You Know might have been, you know, my favorite hip-hop single in the last decade. It's probably my favorite hip-hop single since, uh, you know, uh, Fight the Power by Public Enemy. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And I would say, yeah, I, I, I've not, I'm a huge Pusher fan. I love Clips as well, Virginia, first of all. But, um, mm-hmm. but I, um, I have not given this the, uh, the, the due to, to be able to kind of uh, talk about it as much as I'd like to. So I'm really excited to listen to it. I did listen to a couple of tracks, um, Neck and Wrist, as you mentioned, and then um, a really great track of Rock and Roll that has a great Kanye sample. Um, and yeah. I think Kanye and Pusher and obviously Pharrell too with the, you know, he produced a lot of the clip stuff if not all of it um it's two of the like you know coolest think what you want about Kanye but still one of the best producers in hip-hop so um and these guys together just you know always land in the right place so I'm, I'm super excited to, to hear more but what I heard is yeah uh, is great and it's um, it's also um you know their um brevity of the last two push albums is is welcome as well i mean there's not the any rambling bullshit everything is a everything is intent you know everything yeah, is supposed to it's be delivered there. it's clear and i think you know there's there's obviously a lot of hip-hop is the most innovative probably art form right now and musically in a lot of ways but you know there there has been kind of like a mumble rap style that that's taken over sometimes or things like that and you know some of it's really good but um but he is kind of old school and new school at the same time. It's, it's just like really, uh, it's not old school in the sense of like, oh, nostalgic. It's just a delivery that is like uh, getting... Storytelling. Know, yeah, get, taking a, a long rail of cocaine. And, uh, it's the hardest storytelling. Um, yeah, I mean, like Arcade Fire, he's, he's the guy's writing anthems when other people aren't. So, right. um, you know, and, and more, let's... I'm excited. Uh, well, speaking of um, anthems and hype machines, there was a uh, a little single that came out. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, and just blew last, up last summer. Yeah, last summer, and I think you were very early on this band, and and um, and their album came out, and uh, from Isle of Wight, is that right? The Isle of Wight. Isle of um, Wight. Sorry, yeah, and. Uh, I don't. Do you know Wet, the names of the gals? Wet leg. I do. It's uh, Hester Chambers and and Rain Tisdale. Great. Um, so two school link. friends. Yeah, it's it's a band called Wet Leg. Everybody, I'm pretty sure is familiar at this point. But um, you know, it, a good story in the sense that, you know, they were to me. You know, they came out with this great song and video called Shays Long, and uh, they Super funny. Uh, great. Yeah, funny, cr- great visual. And blew up the internet last summer into this year. And, you know, very, very highly anticipated debut record. And not living up to the single would have been the easiest thing in the world to do. But they uh, they managed to stick the landing and uh, actually put out a really, really awesome record. Um, it was, you know, I mean, Shays Long is funny and cool and weird and, you know... 
uh, winky as it was, um, you know, very well could have been uh, the pinnacle of somebody's creative output. Uh, that wasn't the case. That fits beautifully alongside the rest of the winky, snar snarky, fun, uh, stick it up your ass uh, songs on the on the record. Yeah, and I'll say it not in a a, um, a jokey way. I think it's funny. You and I love the single. I think we both really like the album. I, I have not found myself returning to it as much as I thought I would when I first listened to it. So that is not a knock necessarily. It's just, um, it's it's a really good album. And I, I it, this episode has actually made me want to go back and listen to it uh, more than I than I have been currently. But I, I, on first listen, I think I was just happy that they they made it, <laughs> that they it stuck is. the landing, as you say. Um, but the other thing too is like it's a smart record it's well written and you know from what I've heard of their sort of uh, interviews and and things they've said is, is just that like these are kind of like girls that were playing a lot of different indie bands and, and um, you know love like sort of Beyonce and hip hop too and just wanted music to be fun and uh, and they yeah. accomplished that and, and you know fun can also be cheesy you know um, there's bands that are corny to me that aren't funny um, these girls are both smart, um, and they also have a great knack for putting together like a, a good pop song, and and yeah. making it amusing at the same time, which is not a, not an easy feat. I mean, there's a, there's another no, King very riff out there, you know that um, I yeah. don't want to hear again. Oh God, yeah, there's it's a riff heavy uh, record. It's it, but it it zips along. I mean, it it's not wildly different from you know, the dry cleaning record last year, which, but that was a which much more deadpan. Quite a bit. It's a really good album and yeah. really great. You know, the music was fantastic, but in this case, the music's fantastic. And, you know, the whole package is, um, you know, sort of revisitable, um, you know, dry cleaning is something I want to listen to by myself. This is something you get thrown at a party. Yep. Um, it reminds me kind of, you know, in spirit, um, a million years ago, the B-52s. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. just especially the first and second album. It's, it's likable. You know, other people will like it, but it has nothing to do with Anything. what preceded <laughs> it. You know, yeah. it's like they just you know B fifty twos came out of the you know came out clear of blue sky. Yeah, yeah. It just it, it you know, but everybody liked them. You yeah. know, they and they ultimately went on to you know be a number one, you know, have number one hits and such. But um, you know, it, it, it this is the this is the cool cool kid in joke that is accessible to everybody yeah definitely and uh, a great record yeah all right well well uh, let's take a quick break uh, we will we'll throw on uh, Brambleton off Pusha T's record and then we'll come back and we'll end this way we end every episode nice they're gonna die we was out in Brambleton after Pooh got hit Club entourage in that new drop six. Ice that'll stag any new hot bitch. Champagne super soaker screaming, who got this? Beach niggas wanted work that they could move out quick. But my Norfolk niggas, they was on some shootout shit. You and I, we were different like the two got mixed. Buying biggies, but was riding on some Tupac shit. We was both hurt when we seen how cute drop fish. Said we knew the ledge better, we the new plot twist. Who knew your face being all across the news outlets with me forever? I would never talk to you about shit. Huh? Why would I wanna hold you down? When I know you now, the past is your go to now. Shit, we really used to roll around. Shit. 
the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Uh, we're going to end this the way we end every episode, and that is, Jeremy, what are you, what are you listening to? <laughs> well, album-wise, I think I just went, went through the list there, so I feel pretty good about that. Um, and in general, I have been... I'll give you a pod, actually. I, um, I just listened to, and I'm sorry, I just want to make sure I get the name correct here, so um, bear with me, but the John Howman Hell, Hell and High Water Helen Highwater um, pod and um, he had Bob Crawford who is the bass player for um, the Abbott Brothers Ava. and Abbott Brothers I always call them Abbott Brothers but Abbott Brothers is, which is a band that I actually saw live years ago for free and um, you know they put on a great show they're not my my type of band but um, but you know seem like genuinely really good people and uh, what was interesting though was Crawford has done kind of a deep dive on um things like Band-Aid and Geldof and Ka, he did a, I think it's a six-part um, thing for Sirius uh, Radio on their talk, and it, it deep down is a topic we actually delved on when band, when there was the anniversary of Band-Aid, but just, you know, he goes through Sun City with little Stevie um, mm-hmm. Van Zandt, he does, um, you know, Bono is a big running part of this as well, and, and it's just an interesting listen, actually, so um, not as much to do with the Avid Brothers, although it does get in there a little bit, um, but because Heilman's a fan. Um, I like his pod in general, as do you, so check it out if you like kind of politics, culture, things like that. And I, I tend to not always listen to his culture, um, pop culture stuff, because I think he's so great on politics and, and, um, and you know, I have, we have our own pop culture pod. But, uh, but I highly recommend this one in terms of just kind of a, a really interesting subject and, and, and even looks at, like, why you know, today, the Ukraine thing, why are we ever going to have another concert that sort of, you know, is that large as like a band-aid? Galvanizing. You know, and, and, and then just some really, you know, we were just talking about you too, so it was actually really fascinating to hear about Bono, and um, A, like, I kind of knew this, but I wasn't as aware of just like how actual religion plays such a huge part in that guy's life, and then some of the things that he did that were just fairly unique and kind of quiet. Um, I, I knew about his lobbying around AIDS and the one organization and, you know, and, and how he really, but he has some great takes and there's some outtakes from the show. Um, but that's just stuff too, like his wife after Band-Aid, he, he and his wife going and actually working in like feeding camps without really like mm-hmm. telling anyone, you know, like or not making a big deal out of it. And so it was just kind of interesting and, and uh, it's, it's worth checking out. And I think that show is yeah. probably worth checking out too. Um, the first time, first time I met Bono, name drop, uh, I was giving, <laughs> I gave him a citation for his humanitarian efforts through uh, the Jubilee Two Thousand organization at Harvard. So yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, a, I think a big photo op for him. Um, you know, well, yeah, the, this able to get in a picture with me. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sure it's on probably his framed best favorite mm. picture ever. But um. But the interesting thing is the kind of the conclusion is that like he just is a pretty damn good person, you know, <laughs> and like yeah, no, so it's, it's, I, it's, good. it's it's always, always nice, nice to... when you hear that. It's a, it's a nice story. And Crawford, had, um, you know, he had a daughter who was had a brain tumor, and he's done a lot there. And he, he's a he's a fairly devout Christian and has been for a long time. But um, you know, but in a way that it all just kind of was a nice uplifting episode. So I, I recommend it if you're into music and and Highland, who we like. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Actually, I remember when U2 first came out, like I said, and I, I liked Boy because I loved uh, I Will Follow, the song. And um, the first article I ever remember reading about them was in Rolling Stone, and it was largely about them being a Christian band. 
Right. Um, I mean, they were billed as a Christian band, and, and uh, Adam Clayton was the only person in the band that wasn't a, a regular churchgoer, devout Christian. So it was... Uh, yeah, apparently... That takes me back. Yeah. Bono is uh, somebody who knows more about, you know, the Bible than, than most. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I... So... Uh, sorry, the question flips back to me. Oh, I'm sorry. When, what are you listening to? It's well, it's funny you should ask. Actually, I um, I've been watching ample amounts of television and some really good stuff. So, um, Slow Horses, uh, early favorite for best show of the year. Uh, I watched the entire first season and and loved every second of it. Um, my feedback from you and Christian was that it moved a little slowly at the beginning, but. Jesus, it it uh it certainly picks up. I mean, it's a it's a very very darkly funny show that is actually a nail biter, uh, spy thriller. So, I mean, it is it is a hundred percent my jam. Um, that said, I am also watching Hulu's Under the Ban Under the Under the Banner of Heaven, uh, but the John Krakauer adaptation, written by Dustin Lance Black, who I did not. Realized until I was reading about this because you know Dustin Lance Black is a, a very big screenwriter. Wrote, I think, won the Oscar for Milk um, years back. But I did not realize that he was um, raised in a uh, what did I, uh, in a Mormon household. It was an LDS kid, and uh, um, apparently suffered at the hands of of a abusive stepfather. So um, you know, sort of has a purpose in writing this, but also. Uh, and you can tell by watching when you watch this um, has a very you know deep understanding of what makes people um, you know religious, and, but also what you know uh, you know there's it's not just an interloper coming in and saying look is aren't these people crazy? It's a very um, you know it's Inside the story is basically a uh, you know a, a Mormon an LDS sh- uh, detective. Um, uh, you know, working on a, uh, a a murder case that is inside the in within the the church, uh, within the populace of the church. So it is. Uh, I think that's a really good um, show. Andrew Garfield is the lead in that, and uh, there's a lot of really interesting casting. Um, you know, it's um, Daisy Edgar Jones from uh, Normal People is in it. Um, Wyatt Russell. Um, is really good in it. Um, the the other you know the eighth Culkin kid who was uh, in you can count on me is in it. Um, so and uh, Gil Birmingham, who was uh, the co-star of Hell and High Water, Hell or High Water, a few years back. One of our favorite movies um, uh, from several years back uh, is also in it. So anyway, check out Under the Banner of Heaven. Check out Slow Horses. And also, um, The Staircase on HBO, which is um, a dramatization, a scripted version of the story that was told in, in what is, um, as you know, is, I, I produced a, uh, a true crime film uh, recently, and, and um, which I will tell, talk more about later, but... Uh, I watched a lot of true crime, and the gold standard of true crime filmmaking, documentary filmmaking, is a uh, French production called The Staircase, which was about a murder, um, a husband, uh, a wife, death, uh, death of a wife, um, so 
potential murder in Durham, South Carolina in the early 2000s. And this French uh, film crew was able to, f- you know, follow the case and all of his various moving parts for uh, close to 10 years, I think. Um, and uh, so it is a fantastic documentary, but this is the scripted version of that story replete with the documentary crew coming in and the you know how that changed the dynamics of everything. So it's a really cool story and, again, great leads. It's Tony Collette and um, Colin Firth playing Americans. Nice. Yeah, I, I yeah. particularly saw the doc. It was great. All right. Yeah, well, so... Um, should we throw, throw some tunes on, on the never-ending playlist? Yes. Um, go Lock for yourself it. yourself up. You want me to go first? Um, I am going... I'm going to go <laughs> with... Uh, a band that we talked about at length today, but I was just reminded of, of one of their better songs, and that is, uh, if it's not already on the list, Intervention by yeah. Arcade Fire. Nice. Uh, it is not on the list, so I am... Actually, we don't... I think we have only one other Arcade Fire going on there, so... Um, and I'm also going to stick with today's topic, and I am going to go with Jay Spaceman's Spiritualized and the new single, Always Together With You, which uh, I think is an instant classic, so... I agree. Cool. Well, that was fun, and uh, we will talk soon. Talk soon. See ya. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.